Welcome back to the Dewhawk Dozen podcast. My name is Rachel Mosier. And I'm Neil Bingham. And this is our monthly podcast dedicated to our graduates of the last decade. 12 months, 12 great Dewhawks. Countless stories to tell. Today's guest is 2013 grad Kelly Klein. Let's do this. Last month, we had a chance to talk with Kevin O'Brien, and we're really excited to have Kelly as our guest this month. Kelly, thanks for coming in today. We're glad to have you know another guest here on campus. It's really exciting time, really a lot of exciting things going on right now. We'll get into it a little bit, but Teacher of the Year, congratulations. Thank you. Recently Thank you. engaged, a lot yes. of fun and exciting <laughs> stuff going on. Congrats on that as well. Thank you. How's that all going for you? Everything's good, yeah. <laughs> and it's the end of the school year. Yeah. And, yep, yep. Like 13 more days. Not that teacher leader is counting, but <laughs> yeah, so that's exciting. A lot of, lot of fun stuff. And so. I'm sure all the kids are still paying attention and really yeah. focused and really yeah. excited to be in school still with this nice weather, all that Spot fun on. stuff. <laughs> so you've been nominated as our June Duhok Dozen. Your nominator believes that you actively live out our lowest dispositions and are especially great representation of an active learner. Your work with students at Washington Middle School as teacher for special programs, in addition to how you've given back to the Dubuque and Loris community through coaching, is truly admirable and a great representation of what it means to be a Dewhawk. So you're doing nothing short of amazing work, and you help students and student-athletes, and our young alumni board felt that you would be perfect for this month. To get things started, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to since graduating from Loris? Yeah. It's a lot because 2013 seems like forever ago. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I work at Washington Middle School and I started working there right after graduation at Loris. Uh, It's my first job in the structured uh, teach program and I haven't left it. So I love it. I can, I see myself working there for years to come. Um, And then recently got engaged, have a house a dog, <laughs> um, pretty much all those other milestones that just kind of seem to fall into place after graduation. So it's been a lot of fun. And I mean, again, not to harp on it, but teacher of the year. So I mean, you've been there for a while, which is awesome. And you've obviously, your hard work has paid off. How did it feel when you first found out you were nominated for that? Um, whenever anybody's nominated for anything, I feel like everybody's just kind of like, little humbled too like that's always just a nice honor to get um and then kind of shocked as well I mean I know a lot of other teachers obviously I think we all just do our job because we love it and we don't really do it to be recognized so I mean it's nice that people are seeing um things that you're doing with students and they're appreciating it and recognizing it so that was just it was nice nice to be seen that way so yeah, and I know you are, we'll get into it later, but you're used to kind of the accolades and the praise and all that stuff. But at the same time, I mean, just going to the education realm, you're not really doing it for any of that. Um, mm-hmm. And seeing the pressure that you face in the softball field, the pressure that you have every day in the classroom, um, were there any sort of like internally have any nerves or angst or excitement going into that just kind of as you were waiting to figure out who the, the teacher of the year was, or were you just kind of just happy to be nominated and along for the ride? Well... <laughs> And if you know me, you'll know that I kind of hate all the spotlights. So 
really my teaching partner was awesome, Annie Cashmore, who was also another graduate from Loris. Um, she just kind of was like, oh my gosh, you'll be fine and hyping me up. And otherwise I was like, no, I'll hang out in my corner and just <laughs> keep doing my regular, you know, things. So for the, the spotlight is kind of like, I'm not a big fan of it. I'd rather just, you know, be there for my students and all of that and work with my fellow teachers and paras as well and just have fun in the classroom that way so yeah and you've put years of hard work in um, not just at Washington but before that you uh, student taught at Resurrection mm-hmm. and um, Irving Elementary and you've had experiences at St. Mark's and Audubon um, was there any moment during those times where you it clicked like hey I know I want to be a teacher I know this is what I'm meant to do I think it, teaching, knowing that I wanted to be a teacher stemmed further back, back when I would say I was like in high school and just helping younger girls through like softball and kind of teaching them um, what I was learning uh, with like pitching and hitting and fielding and any of that stuff. So I think that's when my teaching spark kind of began. Um, And then I would say from there, it kind of grew into also listening to my mom come home from work because she helped out. um, She was a para at Table Mountain in the life skills room. So she had a lot of fun like stories um, with, again, that significant disability. So right away, I knew that I wanted to go into special ed kind of from her guide. So she got us involved, me and my sister involved in helping her out with like Special Olympics um, adults. And so she kind of had a connection there. And really, that's where teaching and special ed really stemmed. And being so involved in the sports world, did you always know you wanted to coach then too? Or is that kind of later on that you figured that out? I think I just always assumed I would coach. (laughs) Just kind of go hand in hand with the teaching route. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, Because I really jumped into helping out at Wallert right after I graduated from Wallert as well. And I was still, and I was at Loris. So, I mean, it kind of just naturally, just I slipped right into that position. Um, And again, I, I love it. That's really my hobby is, you know, still playing softball and playing sports and being active and helping kids do what they love so that's what I just continued to do and again I think it was just natural it just kind of fell into place. (laughs) I remember when I was looking at Loris and I was keeping up with all the sports programs just because and I remember seeing like the Klein sisters or um, (laughs) in the TH so it was just funny to see that yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know. I don't, that, was that kind of weird? We can delete that. But I, I do remember that. I was like, "Wow, they're a big deal." <laughs> so, as someone who loves the spotlight, I'm sure you're gonna love oh. talking about yourself for 30 minutes. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, outside of just education classes themselves, we did do a little deep dive into your education, Weebly. You know, shout out to the Loris Education mm-hmm. Program. Um, And a part of that, you said when collaborating with other teachers, you were never done asking questions and learning new strategies or techniques. How have you seen that kind of come to life now that you're in the classroom, that you've been in the classroom, even like you said, working with Annie Cashmore, another Loris grad, um, just really come to life now that you're putting it to practice? Yeah, I think a lot of people assume that, you know, after you've been in maybe the same position for, you know, a few years, and this can relate, I feel like, to any job, that you just kind of settle in and you get kind of stuck in the same routine. What I specifically love about our classroom is you 
can't do that because every single student is so different that they don't allow you to keep doing the same thing over and over. Um, I mean, we're always brainstorming between me and Annie and our paraprofessionals that are awesome and that work with our students as well. We have to continually talk about different strategies and work together and ask questions about you know, what happened right before that behavior so we can figure out what might be a trigger to that. Um, and then really just trying to figure out what's going to be that, that it thing for each student. So we got three years to figure that out, <laughs> and then we send them off to high school. So it's definitely a lot of learning strategies. And, I mean, new information is coming out about um, different teaching strategies, strategies as well all the time. So... I mean, it is, you never stop growing. So mm -hmm. I think that's really exciting too. It keeps it fun. <laughs> but even in that same Weebly, when you made it, um, you talked about an effective educator needs to have respect, differentiated instruction, mm -hmm. working with students as individuals, not as a whole. That you knew what you're getting into. And it, do you see yourself still using those principles right now? I'm like hearing you say that, and I'm like, good job, younger Kelly. <laughs> yeah, good, job. <laughs> good job. Foresight was incredible. Those were great words. <laughs> That's really applicable to any kind of relationship, so it's awesome that young Kelly yeah. <laughs> had that insights. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly, and again, I think that's what you need going into any profession, really, mm -hmm. is to have that outlook that you got to show others respect, and even when it's students, too, people I think might see that word respect and think, oh, just with like your, you know, the teachers you work with or your coworkers. And it's like, no, you really need to show the respect to your students in order to get that respect back. And then to also let them, you know, welcome you into their world so you can help them figure out, you know, different communication skills, different learning styles. So mm -hmm. do you have any examples just off the top of your head of any of those moments where like you really nailed that whole, you know, student respecting teacher, teacher respecting student moments, because I know that those are kind of, oh, education is a lot about those small victories, uh, whether it was yes. on the field or in the classroom. Do you have any examples that really stick out to you as kind of formative experiences when it comes to that mutual respect? Um, well, I think of, so a student that uh, Miss Keshmar and I have uh, <laughs> for the past two years, um, love him to death and uh, Really, I feel like we kind of um, adjusted to him and his learning style. So, you know, if all of a sudden he's like, I really want to look out the window today and I'm really excited about what's going on out there and I want to talk about it, awesome. Let's do class by the window today. We don't have to do it behind a desk and it does not have to be, oh, you have to get A, B, and C done. No, we can do C, A, B. We can go in a different order, whatever is going to be flexible for that student. And I think the students really pick up on that when we do that within our classroom. Um, and then we start to see the growth. And then the small victories start to turn into big victories and they're comfortable around us. If you're comfortable in a classroom environment and you feel safe and that you you know can be yourself there, then that's when the learning starts. So I think it's always tough to remember that, especially when you're starting off the beginning of the year because it's like, oh, academics, academics, push, push, push for that. And it's like, well, you know, let's establish that relationship. Let's establish, you know, that bond so they trust us. And then within those three years, we can keep the academics and communication growing. So differentiated instruction at its finest. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
So at the beginning of our um, episode, you mentioned that you've been with Washington ever since graduating from Loris. Yes. What's been kind of the um, thing that's kept you in the same district and what makes you want to keep coming back to Washington year after year? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's the classroom that I'm in. So I always think it's a kind of funny story when I was interviewing for Washington So it's middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. Usually middle school is kind of skipped over when people are applying for jobs. But the assistant principal there asked me, she goes, okay, so, you know, why why middle school? And my answer was, I told myself I would never teach middle school. (laughs) But I go, the fact that I'm sitting here in this interview is because of the classroom that I'm interviewing for. So the structured teach classroom, the significant disabilities, um, that's what is keeping me where I'm at for sure right now. And then um, the teaching partner that I work with and the pair of professionals that I work with, we're all just, we work so well together that I don't want to leave and (laughs) start over. I love where I'm at and I love the new kids coming in. So that's what kind of is my change of pace every year. It's, you know, we get a new kids coming in, we're sending new kids off. So it's always constantly changing and um, like we kind of said earlier, all us staff members are still growing every year too because of that. So, but yeah, it's really the classroom that I'm in. <laughs> That's awesome. So if you had to sum that up into like an elevator pitch for longevity in the workplace, how would you, like, what advice would you provide then to young, young grads or even our seniors getting ready to, to start the workforce for staying at a, at a profession for a long period of time? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Well, I think you first got to find out specifically what you love. And it is okay. I think it's important to know. It is okay to not know right away, especially in the education field. Like, do I want, like, kindergartners or do I want eighth graders? Because, you know, being an elementary grad, you have that range. It's from kindergarten to eighth grade, which is actually kind of crazy to choose (laughs) from. You know, and I think a lot of times you're feeling like, oh, I just need to get a job. And you're kind of like oh, you know, it might not be a good fit, but I'm just going to take it. I think it's really important to give yourself that um, grace to be okay with saying yes to a job, but then also being okay, be like, hey, it's not quite for me. I need to look somewhere else. I think that's really important. Luckily for me, I don't, I never had experienced that feeling. I've felt that for like coaching when it's like, okay, you know, it's time to move on for something new. So I think it's really important to make sure you give yourself that grace and that you're not failing by moving on to something different. So you're just going to exceed more, hopefully, once you find where you're actually meant to be. But that cool. <laughs> that was that was a good. Um, that was very good, and I think it's relatable, and our listeners will. Yeah, I do. I think it's just really hard. I, people, I think, stress too much on, like, it, just because you leave a job, that's failing. But it's it's not if mm-hmm. you know that there's somewhere else that you should be. So, I think that's super important, too, because a lot of people are, you know, a few years into the professional workforce kind of go through that choice, too, of, you know, feeling almost guilty for leaving yeah, a job or yep. whatever it might be. So they, I think that advi- advice is super, super helpful. Mm-hmm. So, Kelly, we have made it to the point in our episode where we kind of pause from all the questions, um, from the deep questions, and we ask our guests 12 rapid-fire questions, oh and you give us <laughs> and you give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Where was your last vacation? Uh, Arizona. What was your first ever job? Hy-Vee Bakery. Is your bed made right now? 
No. <laughs> what is your go-to karaoke song? Ooh, uh, the uh, sand in the water. Oh my gosh, what is that song? Uh, the country song. Um, toes. Toes in the water. Yeah, He's that brown man. Yeah, my and my sister's go-to, even though she'll deny it. <laughs> what movie or show do you quote the most? Oh gosh. I don't know. Skip. Can I skip that? <laughs> what was the last TV series you binge watched? Ozarks. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Morning. What is your go-to lazy dinner? Ooh. Um, breakfast pizza. And I know you said dinner, but still breakfast pizza. <laughs> still counts. <laughs> Who is one of your heroes? Um, oh, I think my family in general. What age has been your favorite so far? 31, when I am now. <laughs> Purple or gold? Purple. What is your favorite spot on Dolores College campus? Softball field. Awesome. And do you want to go back to what movie or show do you quote the most? <laughs> <laughs> we don't Just have to. Just perma I'm going to start sweating on that one. <laughs> so softball field is your favorite spot on campus. Um, I'm I sure guess you've so. That's <laughs> just came right out. So. Um, I'm sure you've seen that uh, the awesome new uh, paint job down on the the dugout down there, which I think is awesome. Yes. What made the, the softball field your favorite spot on campus? Um, my teammates, my coach. Yeah, it was just the place I could when school was given me. Can I say? We don't know what the rules are. No one really. Hell, (laughs) the softball field was there to let me just release everything. So it was kind of nice to have both of those things. You know, you have your campus life, your school life, academic life. Then you have okay, this is me in my sports life, and this is my teammates, and this is this set of friends. And so it was nice to have that separate at times, even though I did bring it together. But having that separate so I could get away from each other. But, yeah. Yeah, I know that everyone kind of has their go-to places. Was there anywhere, anywhere else on campus outside of the softball field that, like, you remember being a key part of your Loris experience? Like, one of those core uh, memory the places? Cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> I remember me and my friends would be, like, the first ones in there and the last ones to leave. And, of course, you got to have, you know, a little goodie bag when you're living on campus. Kind of sneak some food in there to take with you. So that was always good. Stir fry station, and tater tots. Back in the day when we had the lunch trays, that's how old I feel. Obviously, you would sneak those away and go sled in on those. That was always a good time. Favorite Clark Field. Yep, yep, exactly. Because we didn't have the batting cage there either. So yeah. we were smooth sailing. Oh. Yeah. The more you know. Yep. <laughs> so you also probably spent a lot of time at Wallard Hall. Yes. Uh, for <laughs> academics. Yes. Um, were there some key classes that you took in that um, building that, or the projects that you worked on that you can look on or look back to and that are still helping you now? Um, one, I would say that actually it was uh, the J-term class I took um, with Dr. Salzma, and she took us to, um, I want to say it was um, pre-K or like daycare setting, and we had to do... Um, PE and incorporating academics. So it was a lot of movement and academics blurred together. And I had the most fun in that class. The kids were a blast. And actually, I would say that's helped me the most with my current position. I mean, a lot of my students learn in not the typical way. So 
that class really made me think outside of the box for, okay, how are we going to teach these kids academics while making it fun and making it a game setting? So I, I, that's really the class that sticks out the most to me. I feel like J-Term always has a lot of great classes like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's nice because you just have to focus on that class, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's yeah. like you can really dive deep into it compared to, well, I have five other classes I need to focus on as well. So, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I remember that one. <laughs> It's awesome. I don't know if you remember, but we also did, a, again, a little bit of a deep dive, stretching your memory here a little bit. Um, you did a case study for your liberal arts portfolio on oral literacy and language development. Have you seen any of that in the classroom kind of come to fruition or recall that, that research at all and kind of seen it come to practice and come to life? If I'm being honest, I totally do not remember that paper, <laughs> but I love that I did something on language development because that is all my classroom currently is, is, you know, uh, we have students come to us who are nonverbal or use a device or only can communicate uh, via sign or using picture exchange communication. So wherever they're at, I mean, we really just start from there and then try to grow that communication. I think communication goes hands in hand, hand in hand with learning. So if we can get them to communicate their wants and needs, then we're going to be able to kind of grow academically from there. So I love that I touched on language and communication. It's two for two for young Kelly. Yes, young <laughs> Kelly was killing it. Oh. So I brought us back to the classroom. Now going back outside the classroom, you garnered countless accolades on the softball field. Um, growing up, when did you first pick up your bat and glove? Um, so C-League, so eight years old. I guess T-ball, so, God, I don't know, five? <laughs> Do you fall in love with it right away? So I remember specifically in C-League, I was the worst player on the team, and you, my dad would agree with this, and I hated that I was the worst one. I hated it. I remember it was in a tournament. It was like our last game. I was up to bat. All I had to do was put the ball in play. And I was like, oh, they're going to make an error. We'll win. I couldn't even do that. I couldn't touch the ball. And I was so mad at myself that I told my dad, I'm like, no, this isn't happening. Like, we're working on this. Like, I need to get better. So, like, that Good is, mentality. like, my very first memory of softball. And, yeah, and then, of course, I say that. And then my dad's like, hey, like, <coughs> get down here. Let's practice. Let's practice. <laughs> Come on, put the bag of chips down. Let's practice. <laughs> like enough watching TV. So that's yeah, that was my very first memory. But I loved it enough to want to work at it. So, um, and you have a younger sister who's yes. also a Duhok Holly. Yes. Did you um, have a lot of time playing on the same teams together? Yeah, so we would have uh, played at Waller together for a few years, and then um, I coached her for a few years, at well, one year, one year at Waller, and then um, we would have made our way to Loris eventually together. So, yeah, that was a that was few years with her, so <laughs> always a good time. And you're both Golden Eagle alums, Dewhawk alum, yes. um, as well as softball players, but you're also both pitchers. There's a lot of uh, sibling rivalry growing up between the two of you. You know what? Actually, not really. There was, um, I mean, as sisters, you still kind of bigger back and forth and stuff. But actually, I think we were, I mean, I would say she's one of my best friends, which if Holly listens to this, she's probably going to roll her eyes at that and <laughs> think it's super cheesy. But we actually, I think overall, like looking back, like 
really supported each other. I remember when I was complaining about, oh, I suck at this, I'm doing horrible, you know, whatever, whatever. And she looked at me, she goes, if you keep digging, what what is that? I'm going to mess it up. She's going to yell at me because she's an English major. So (laughs) (laughs) the more you keep, or the more you keep digging the hole, the deeper you're going to get and the harder you're going to, it's going to be to get out of it. Something like that. But I remember her like supporting me in that way. And then vice versa, you know, when she was having risk problems and things like that, um, I always tried to support her as much as we could. So, yeah. Sorry, there's not fun, like, juicy stories. No, no. Holly and I hating on each other. (laughs) No, I think that, you know, for as much as there can be sibling rivalry sometimes, I think just having someone to hold you accountable and push you harder is, like, a really healthy thing, too. I think that was spot on. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, we would call each other out on, like, all right, quit whining, suck it up, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, just someone to push you to be better, which is arguably a way healthier (laughs) balance to strike there. Um, although all joking aside, um, it probably did help that in 2012, you were Loris's first softball All-American in 14 years. Um, and I do think this is kind of funny that in part, you credited your part-time gig at Hy-Vee to your success in learning how to balance academics, athletic works, and friends. So to find out that I was at the bakery, I don't know why I think that's so funny, but that's awesome. Um, I did a lot of like, you know, forearm muscle work, like mixing that frosty. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people associate necessarily like working at a bakery with success as an All-American, but I love it. Um, what advice do you have for our current students and our current student athletes going through similar, similar situations today? whether it's balancing just academics and athletics or balancing four or five different spheres of life as they go through the college realm? Um, You know what? I think it's a great learning curve um, because after you graduate, that's life. (laughs) I mean, like I said when I came in here, I was like, you know, I got to be done by this time because I got to go and then softball stuff. Like that's just – and that's everybody, you know, all my friends and everybody after – Loris and stuff, you know, it starts getting crazy while you're in college, but then the crazy stays and the crazy <laughs> isn't bad. You know, I think that's something important to remember too, that just because it's, you're bouncing all over the place and you have this going on and it's okay to stay busy. And then it's also okay to take your breaks when needed, but um, just making sure that you have that work-life balance. I feel like that's a motto lately for 2022 everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um but figuring out what your work balance is. You know, if you love to be busy and crazy busy, that's great. Be crazy busy and do everything you want to. If you need to take a break when you need to take a break, take a break. And again, I think it's going back to not feeling guilty for knowing what you need to do. So same thing goes for one year in college and stuff. You know, if you're having a tough time, make sure that you take a breath and just prioritize things and kind of figure it out from there. So and lean on other people mm-hmm. for support. And I feel like uh, the softball team, is so the bond between the players are just so strong and inside um, the season and outside of the season, and even after graduation. Mm-hmm. So um, how does it feel um, as you're a proud graduate of the softball program at Loris and of Loris College, how does it feel looking back at um, this year's team and seeing the success that they've had? I was so happy. I was smiling ear to ear <laughs> the whole season. So I'm just, I'm really proud of Coach Ashley too and happy for her and the program she has built from the past and is continuing to build. So um, 
it was a couple years in the making, but I mean, that's what you have to do to keep building a good program. So I was super pumped, made sure to get to a few games. I know me and my other uh, past uh, teammates too were like, okay, what games can you make? Or let's schedule a game we can all show up together. So mm -hmm. that's always fun to together as a group come back to the team. Um, but yeah, I know we're all still super excited and it's always fun coming back and watching watching a good game of ball. <laughs> Outside of Coach Ashley Winter, you know, being a great mentor on the field and just off of it as well, do you have any other mentors from your Loris experience that really stick out to you? Um, I thought the professors in general were always really good. I learned a lot there. Um, but really, between Ashley and, honestly, my friend base, I feel like I really developed a good, solid core friend group. And um, like I said, a lot of them we still keep in contact. And really, they, they know me inside and out. So they were able to really kind of reel me back in when I needed to be reeled in and then push me when I needed to be pushed and tell me hard facts that I needed to hear. So... I think it's really important to trust, you know, your friend base too and kind of put yourself in a good support system. They say you meet some of your best friends in college, and I definitely feel like that's true. Yeah, 100%. for sure. So in addition to the faculty and staff, you've stayed super close with those friends that you said. And what has been one of your favorite Duhok memories post-grad? Hmm. <coughs> Honestly, any time really that um, – all of us like old Loris girls can get together and then they're bringing their kids and that's just so much fun and it's just so exciting to see how successful everybody is and um, when we can make the time because again everybody's life just gets crazy but um, there was definitely a couple times the past couple of years where we were able to get together as like a huge group and that is just a blast here reminiscing about different memories creating new ones um, yeah, I would just say anytime the whole group can get together is always my favorite time. <laughs> and speaking of people bringing their kids back together, we hear it through the grapevine that your nickname is Aunt Kelly. Um, cool Aunt Kelly. <laughs> cool Aunt Kelly. Cool. Um, among your Duhok friends, I got, I got, got to include the cool Aunt Kelly. Um, just because of how great you are kind of with their kids and just and when you're all hanging out and stuff like that. How is entering that next phase of life together as Duhawks felt? So, you know, we go, it, I, I saw, uh, you know, a bunch of TikToks kind of about college ending and stuff like that and how hard that transition is. And then to see X amount of years later as you go through, people are getting engaged, married, having kids, new jobs, old jobs, all that stuff. How is going through that together still so closely with your Duhawks felt kind of as you go through it all? Um, I think for starter, I think it's a rare find. I don't know how many of this, you know, larger group can say that, oh yeah, you know, we're still keeping in touch, trying to get together, um, on as much of a regular basis as we can, or, um, of course, social media helps and Snapchat and all our groups and stuff. So it's easier to stay connected that way. But, um, honestly, I think it's just awesome to see, the successes that everybody's having um, and then to be able to be a part of that you know someone's getting engaged and getting married and it's like you get to go to the wedding and oh so-and-so had a kid and you're all getting together for the birthday party or you know whatever it may be it's just fun to celebrate everybody's successes 
do you have any advice for our um, just graduated seniors on how to stay connected? I know going to those weddings and keeping up to date and celebrating those big milestones in life are a good part, but any other kind of advice for our um, graduating seniors? Um, I would say if you're thinking of somebody, text them. So like, even if it's a small thought, like, oh, you just randomly, like something reminded you of like a funny memory that happened during like your college days, tell them. Whether it's a phone call, whether it's a simple text message, a little Snapchat, I think it's those little things that uh, makes it easier to stay connected. Because uh, it's very, very easy to get caught up in everything else that is going on. Because everybody just gets so busy. So whenever, even if it's like, oh my God, I had this crazy dream. You might sound a little goofy, but again, let them know. Because that's how you're going to stay connected. Otherwise, it gets tough when it's like, oh man, you know, a week goes by, two weeks, two months, a year, two years. And it's like, oh, I haven't, you know, heard from this person in a while or I haven't talked to them. So my recommendation, if you're thinking about them, big, small, just shoot them a little text or a message. I love, I love that. that. Oh, Jinx. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's great advice. You know, it was a few weeks ago. There were two uh, class members of the twenty. Uh, a few weeks ago, two classmates of ours from the class of twenty seventeen popped through town, um, and they stopped by and we were chatting for a bit. And then, out of the blue, another class member from twenty seventeen who actually lives up in uh, Des Moines now happened to also be in town and came in. And then another class member, like just everyone, started coming together. And we all lived relatively near each other in Beckman our freshman year. And when we sat down and talked, I think some of us had said we hadn't actually seen each other since graduation nearly five years ago. Mm-hmm. But we sat down and it was like we were sitting in Beckman again. I mean, just yeah. having that ability to reach out to people and chat, even if it's the simplest thing, mm-hmm. sparks up some conversations to your point exactly that makes it seem like no time has gone by at all. And it's really cool to see that those relationships <laughs> rekindle. Uh, thanks again, Kelly, for being on the show with us today. And one last congratulations for Teacher of the Year. Uh, for our listeners, don't forget to mark your calendars for the 12th of every month, where we will be introducing our newest member of our Duhawk Dozen. You can visit alumni.loris.edu slash Dozen to learn more or to nominate a Duhawk. Thank you to the Young Alumni Advisory Board for sponsoring this podcast and Trent Hanselman for producing.